Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, well, we've been talking about, you know, indignities visited upon the elderly. In some cases, too, uh, men have had the same kind of thing uh, happen to them in uh, family court and so on and so forth. I, I bring this up because there's a big conference at the University of Toronto and uh, features a lot of luminaries like Senator Ann Cools, who's the longest-serving Canadian senator and the Senate's champion of boys and men. This is called the uh, 2019 Canadian National Men's Issues Conference. And notice as well... Uh, but Tina Arndt is there, Australia's first sex therapist and a well-known advocate for men. Edward Cruck, president of the International Council on Shared Parenting. Tandeep Sidhu, discussing male homelessness as a consequence of domestic violence. And Oren Amate, a contributor to The Oakley Show. He's a register, registered a psychologist and instructor at Ryerson University. And he's joined The Oakley Show this afternoon to uh, tell us about his participation and some of the key themes that will be explored. Oren, always a pleasure. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. All right. Uh, by the way, uh, your input in this conference, uh, what will you be speaking to? I'll be speaking uh, to men about the realities of family court uh, when it comes to custody and access assessments and arrangements, and basically trying to help men find better ways of representing themselves uh, throughout the process so that as much as they may feel that the deck is stacked against them, and many times it is, there are ways to come out uh, you know, better than worse, or at least better than they, they would otherwise come out. So you're suggesting they need strategies when they're in family court? Strategies and the proper mindset. I think the, the the mindset is most important because even going through a normal procedure like this is taxing. You know, lots of money is being spent. Uh, oftentimes, not the nicest things are being said about you. But if it's a contentious separation and divorce, then it can just turn your head around and your your whole world and reality are being turned upside down. You're being told that you're hearing things about yourself or about what happened during the relationship that you know are not true. Yet it seems that everybody buying it. So that can be very frustrating. It's almost like arbitration hearings during a contract dispute for athletes or something. You get all the negatives being foisted upon you. So because by nature our courts are adversarial, so uh, you're saying the mindset has to be tweaked to understand that. Can you give us a preview then, maybe delve into it a little more deeply and give us a for instance of how you would uh, tell men to adjust their mindset? Well, the first is that they have to give up this idea, and this is everybody, men and women, doesn't matter. They have this idea that um, I know what reality is, I know what really happened, so you know, I expect everybody else to um, believe it as well or to understand it as well when they should know that they have no right to think that. I mean, the, uh, you know, the judge, the, you know, whoever else is involved, the arbitrator, they are dealing with facts, sorry, quote-unquote facts being presented to them. And, um, you know, it's not so much about the details. It's more about, A, what sounds more credible, and B, believe it or not, how, who appears more credible. And, you know, they're working against stereotypes. So the example is that, you know, the stereotypical, in a terrible, monstrous case, the stereotypical woman is, is, is um, uh, extreme, she's emotional, she's, uh, she's all over the place, she can't keep her act together. 
and uh, and the man is very controlled, and he's um, you know he, he sounds articulate and everything. But in reality, he's a monster who's manipulated everything from behind the scenes. Uh, he's a narcissist, and so these are the kind of two images that often do appear in court. And so, if you act in any way similar to what the courts have seen time and again, then they're going to be more inclined to lump you into that category, as unfair as that may be. Again, with Oren Amate, registered psychologist and media commentator on this men's issues conference at the U of T on Friday and Saturday. Uh, he is one of the speakers there. So, you know, to understand that uh, there might be a necessity for this, I know there's been uh, resistance to these groups forming on campuses for the longest time. And uh, do you sense that there's a necessity here? This is born out of necessity? Oh, it certainly has. I mean, uh, I'll be careful, uh, but, I, you know, if you look at some of these men's groups that are forming, guess who the leaders are? Women. Okay, because, and I've asked them, um, a few of these groups, and they said, well, if we were men and tried to get um, approval, we would be shot down. So we need women who understand what we're going through, who understand that men are not immune to various psychological and emotional uh, distress or issues. And so, you know, we, we need a place to speak. We need a place where we can have our issues uh, validated and we can support each other in a healthy way. So we definitely need these groups. There's a lot of resistance to them because people just assume it's going to be a bunch of men talking about the patriarchy and and colluding with each other to you know to beat down women and control them and so it, it's i think the, the perception is changing slightly but there's still a lot of resistance well how did we arrive at a place where men are no longer seen as sympathetic characters uh well i mean the easier answer is or the easiest answer is feminism gone awry i think feminism done properly uh which i agree with is you know is looking for equality it's looking for equal rights um, but it went too far, and you know, it, instead of saying you know men and women are both struggling, they're saying women struggle because of men. Men are the monsters here. Men, for since the beginning of time, have kept women down through the patriarchy, and men. It's now it's women's time, and men need to suffer. And as opposed to saying let's bring women up so that they can do well, it's let's bring men down so that they can feel how badly women have suffered. Now, of course, not everyone is promulgating that, but that is a sentiment that is definitely spread throughout the last few years. Well, I've heard from numerous men who say that this is manifested in the court system or the Family Responsibility Office. Is it stacked against them, and does it uh, necessitate a certain reform of family court? I think there has to be a reform, not just for men, but for women as well. I think uh, it's far too expensive. This has been talked about for years and years. They know it's, it's, it's adversarial by nature. Um, lawyers, some lawyers are there just to milk the clients uh, you know, till the end. Uh, they don't want a resolution. They just want to keep, you know, keep the money coming. And yes, uh, I think it is stacked against men in some regards. I think the family, the FRO or the Family Responsibility Office, is important to make sure that if someone owes money to the family, that they are made to pay it. But it it can be abused sometimes. But I do, I don't want to abolish that. I think it just has to be reformed. Well, is there uh, likewise reform when it comes to custodial arrangements? What have you noticed? Well, I think it's becoming more uh, it's becoming more common where judges uh, and mediators are trying to give men more access. Uh, that's still an issue, and some, you know, especially if the family has been such that the man has worked full time and the woman hasn't, or has worked more than the woman has, and they're saying, well, why should we change the situation? This is what the children are used to. The woman's better equipped to deal with their needs, etc. And in some cases, it's true. The man has you know been very inactive, has not been a part of the kids lives hasn't joined any you know groups that you know like uh, or 
they've gone to, fa- uh, to like parent parent teacher meetings and stuff like that. So sometimes it's true, but other times the the father has been involved or would like to be more involved and would like for an arrangement and a chance to do that. So I think we have to balance those realities that some men really aren't that involved and aren't that competent and sometimes are horrible monsters. And many men are just good men struggling and trying to be a more active part of the children's lives. And I hope that in those cases, the courts recognize that and give them that opportunity. Well, let me ask you finally, I mean, in your clinical experience, to what extent are men victims of domestic violence? Well, so if, um, by the numbers, it's literally 50-50. Really? A man is just, yes, and people don't like to hear that, but all the stats show that. Since in the last 40 years, every study shows that men comprise 40 to 50% of the, uh, the numbers of um, domestic violence cases. Now, it's not reported necessarily, and as, as much as we know that women are likely to not report domestic violence or sexual assault, men are even less likely to do so. So if you look only at police stats, it's different. But when you look at um, self-reported uh, incidents, men are 50-50. Um, now, with different types of abuse, men are more likely to commit the most serious types, including murder. Uh, but when it comes to other types, including hitting, punching, throwing objects, kicking, it's 50-50. Interesting. I mean, uh, these are one of those uh, men's conferences, I guess, that, uh, well, I'll be out of town. I won't be attending. But nonetheless, it looks like uh, there are a litany of uh, important speakers there. Oren Amate is one such. And uh, wish you the best. Be interesting to see what uh, comes about as a result. And maybe by way of follow-up, uh, we'll discuss then. Oren, appreciate your time as always. Thank you very much, and thank you for giving me an opportunity to speak about the conference. You got it. Oren Amate, registered psychologist and media commentator. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.